is Welcome to Her Revelation, a podcast for millennial women to celebrate their love of Christ, sisterhood, and a new revelation. If you're not a millennial woman, no worries. Your voice is just as important to our sisterhood, so feel free to join us. Now, let's celebrate in the word of God. So the first part of the series, we're going to talk about Ephesus. And I don't know if you're ready, but Ephesus is a powerful, a powerful, um, it's, it's powerful to me. I, I don't even know how else to say that, but I really enjoy um, just these, um, these things because it, I, I don't know how else to explain it because it's almost like you are learning about yourself. You know what I'm saying? So like I see some of these churches reflect some things. I'm not saying I'm proud of these things. I'm just saying that I do see that these things are some things that are reflecting me and what I should work on. So the first church is Ephesus Church. And you see it. I know you see it. It says that it is the Loveless Church. And we're going to find out why it's the Loveless Church. But please understand that this is not the first time that this church has had to hear about uh, this. Okay, so this is not the first time. Um, so we're—I don't want to say that they're they're stiff-necked. I will say that um, this is something that is a challenge for them. And and people have different personalities, you know. Because if you think about it, a lot of people say like British, they're they're not emotional. Um, which I don't think that they're not emotional. I think that they maybe have to been trained to reserve their emotion for a certain time. And so that time might be a private time. And I don't know, it, and it might be a defense mechanism. We don't know, but just kind of like that. And I'm just thinking that emphasis, their culture was probably the same, like the British. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking that's somewhat of the same thing here um, with that. But um, so Christ instructs John to write the church, uh, the church of emphasis. And um, we learn that Christ starts with identifying that he's holding the seven churches. And, I, and I've kind of already gone over this in his hand and that uh, he walks in the midst of the seven churches, why, which is why he's in the middle of it. Um, in this, we see that um, he warns Ephesus to redo their first works. So, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even read the scripture. Let me read the scripture first because I am getting ahead of myself. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm, I'm nervous at the same time, but I'm excited. So bear with me and pray with me. So, okay. So, oh, guys, no, I got to stop. So sorry. I forgot our prayer. Oh, Lord. Okay. So let's go back. Because I'm, I'm telling y'all guys, I'm excited. So let's go into prayer really quick. I'm so, so sorry. Um, I pray before doing this, but I like to pray with you guys as well. So forgive me for that. Um, so Heavenly Father, I come to you as humbly as I know how, God. I, I thank you, Holy Ghost, for the opportunity to share this moment with my sisters. God, I thank you, Holy Ghost, for blessing each and everyone that is watching this podcast today, that is watching live um, or um, listening to it on their way to work. God, I thank you, Holy Ghost, for your covering and your protection. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for your wisdom and understanding. God, I know that we are just a, a small ounce of who you are. But God, I ask that you sanctify us, God, that we get a deeper understanding of who you are. And God, that 
while we study the seven churches of revelations, help us, Holy Ghost, to see ourselves, God, and help us, Holy Ghost, to be able to fix those things that we need to fix, that we may be pleasant in your sight, God, because at the end of the day, God, I want us all to be able to say that we have made it and that we are able to be there. I want you to look at us and say, my good and faithful servant, you may come home. I just want to hear that, God. And I just thank thank you for covering us and protecting us and allowing us to see your word. God, I just ask that you bless my sisters, Holy Ghost, that they're having a a bad day, a a start of the day, and, and it's not going the way that they want it. God, I ask that you cover them. I ask that you give them grace. I hope that you give them wisdom and understanding and give them peace and joy, God, understanding and joy that's just who cannot be moved god i thank you holy ghost that they just start smiling and gratification of what you've done replay to them the the times that you have blessed them that even those things that are not going the way they want they can't even get upset god i just thank you holy ghost because you reign and i love you for who you are to just not just to me but to my sisters god i thank you holy ghost for my sisters that are having a good day i ask that you cover them as well god i ask that you show each and every one of my sisters god from anything that is not supposed to be around them in jesus name i pray amen all right guys i am so sorry i am like so into this thing and i did not pray how dare i god forgive me i'm just so excited god and i'm so so sorry so okay guys so let's go into emphasis again so let's go there i'm sorry all right so emphasis is going to be um verses uh, chapter two um verses one through i'm sorry it's um Verses two through 16. Oh, actually, it's um, not even that far. Sorry. It's actually one through seven. Okay. I have it. I thought I'd written it down, but I think I might have written it in the wrong place. So forgive me for that. So unto the angels of the church of Ephesus, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy work and thy labor and thy patient and how thy cast not bear them, which are evil. And thou hast tried them, which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars and has borne and has patience and for my namesake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore that from whence thou art falling and repent and do the first works or else I will come into thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of my place except thy repent. But this thou hast, that thou hast the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that has ear, let him hear what the church saith to the Lord. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And I'm sorry, guys, because I forget sometimes. I go back and forth between King James and uh, New King James. So please forgive me because that could have been a little misconstrued. Be my 
don't understand King James. So I'm going to read it in, uh, in the New King James just in case. Um, so to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things say he who holds the seven churches, I'm sorry, the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labors, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And ye have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. You have preserved and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that ye have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, who I also hate. He who have ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to whom I'm sorry, to him who overcomes. I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So basically, we we hear a lot of things here, but what we hear the most here is that God is saying, okay, look, you guys need to go back to the first love. There's a lot of things that you're doing, right? There are a lot of things that they're doing, but what they're doing is also missing a key element of who Christ is. This is not the first time um, that he warns you know, the church of Ephesus, like I said, but John, um, John 14, 15, there's um, some scriptures there also. And in John, I'm sorry, John 14, 15, that scripture reads that if thy love, my love me, keep my commandments and love is definitely a part of the commandments of God. And so basically God's saying, look, you know, you say that you love me, you do all these good works in my name, but you have no love. Like you don't do anything with love. And, and you have to remember, uh, so if you don't know, Ephesus was a city that had, was is a city known that had a lot of pagan worship. So they were considered a dark place, a dark spiritual place. So um, they tried to once, you know, Peter came, um, I'm sorry, Paul came and he preached and, and Ephesus church uh, grew. Um, they tried to teach and practice the things of Christ, the teachings of Christ, but they, they did it without the love in it. So they, it was almost like you, you ever, like how you could possibly work and not love your job. You're doing your work, but you have no love into it. So it, it's just kind of basically like machine work. You're like a robot here. You're not, you're just doing what you have to do, right? So you're not, there's no motive into it. It's not, you know, I can hand you it like this, or I can hand it like this. You know, there's a difference when you go to Chick-fil-A. There's a reason why Chick-fil-A is important. There's a, there's a reason why people love Chick-fil-A. It's because they come up to you. They greet you. They say, hi, Sierra. Here's your here's your uh, spicy deluxe sandwich. You know, they come there. It, opposed to me going to, to a place like, um, I don't want to call people places out but you know like uh, maybe McDonald's or maybe uh, Popeye's or something like that I remember when Popeye's had that chicken sandwich that they came out with 
And I know those people were overworked and I know they were tired, but everybody wanted to try it, including myself. And I went there and they got my, first of all, they got my order wrong. And then on top of that, they had an attitude with me because I asked for a napkin and I was like, okay, Chick-fil-A would never, Chick-fil-A would never do this to me. I think I'm going to just stick with Chick-fil-A and don't hate me for saying that, but that's what happened because I felt, I felt the quality of my, the service that they gave me. And that's how it is with Christ. We have to give a quality service to the people. You can't just give something to somebody and say, well, hey, the Lord told me to give this to you. And there's no love in it. It's, hey, God gave me, told me to give this to you. Um, and I want to give this to you. And do you need a prayer? It, it's, it's something different about the way you give. You can't just give and you just, you have to give in a loving spirit. And that's, that's why it's accepted better. That's why people like to be there. Um, and so it just seems like they were in this, they were, they were doing the will of God by doing just the, the basic things, but they were missing the key things. You know what I mean? Because if you loved those things like you can hate something right but the difference between god and us is that god can hate something but he can still love something about it right so what we have to differentiate is that god hates sin but he loves the person the person is sinning he doesn't like the sin but he loves the person so you can't you you have to be able to to, to differentiate what he's saying or what they're doing because sometimes people are being evil but it's not them it's it's a, it's a spirit that's attached to them so we have to remember okay god does not god loves him so i have to love him i can love him from afar i can pray for him i can even fast for him because some people you can't have in your space so you can love a person from afar i can love them i'll love them afar i'll pray for them okay but then I still have to do good by them. If they call me and they need me and I, and I have the ability to do, right? That's how it's supposed to be. Now, if, they, if, they're, if they're violent, anything like that, you, you, I don't think that you should go. I do think that you could probably call the police and say, hey, this person needs help. Um, if, they, you know, if they want to help them, they can meet you at the police department. If you feel that you should do it, I'm just saying. But do not put yourself in harm's way because God loves you, baby girl. So do not put yourself in harm's way. I will say that. Do not, do, do, do not put yourself in harm's way. But what I'm saying is we're supposed to love them. So they don't have a violent tendency. If they're just mean or just verbally, they're just mean or whatever. You know, you can still love them from afar and pray about it if God wants you to do anything for them. But what I'm saying is you can't stop praying for them. You can't stop loving them from afar. You can still love them. You just cannot. You, you say, God, I can't I can't deal with it, but I still love them. And, and if they need help, I, I'll point you to the social services. I, I, I will. I will. Social services. Can you help him or something like that? I don't have to be doing anything physically to that person or coming to that person physically but I can point them in the right direction I can pray about it later you know I mean not pray about it, but I can pray about it and do those things without me having to to actually be in the midst or in the company of that person so 
the Ephesians, you know, they became angry and disliked sin and the unbelievers. And in that dislike and in that hate, they forgot that these people had souls and that these people are still God. These are still people that God created. He hated the sin, but he loved the person. So we had, we, we still have to learn how to love the people. And so they forgot how to keep love at the heart of the church. And so, um, if you're not familiar with, uh, Corinthians. Corinthians is a letter that was written to the Corinthians. And this is a beautiful letter. And I want to read it because in this book of the Bible, it teaches a lot. And it's important that we remember this because you cannot forget to keep love at the heart of the church. And it's um, it's uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And it reads, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profit me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not speak its own, is not provoked, think no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bear all things, believe all things, keep hope all, sorry, uh, believes all things, hope all things, endure all things, love never fails, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of them is love. So what they're saying is we have to abide in faith. We have to have hope. We have to have love. But of all these three things that we are supposed to have, love is the greatest gift that God gave us that we are supposed to share. We are supposed to love one another, even in our weaknesses. God loves us in our weaknesses. And I think that that's that's one thing that God has shown me not just in my marriage, but in my relationships with my friends and my families is because sometimes we're imperfect. We're humans. That's what we are. And we're not going to be 100% where we want to be spiritually, mentally, physically, and all those things. And so sometimes we get frustrated and we might put that frustration out on someone else because we're not where we want to be. We may do little things to that we, another person may not agree with. But one thing I know is that I'm supposed to love my family, even with things I don't like. I think that a lot of people forget that. And I recently was in a situation, me and my mother and my husband and my father-in-law. Um, if you guys know about Headingham, we were, um, we, we, I reside in Headingham at this moment. And, um, trying to talk without getting emotional. Um, A little boy, um, age 15, killed his brother and killed um, four other people and um, shot seven people total. And let me just say, resting, uh, I pray for the family. Um, I pray that these people's souls are resting in the arms of God, of Christ. Um, But when I heard the news, I cried. Um, And you ever have like those cries where 
I won't say that I cried like immediately tears fell down my face. My heart mourned. Um, for all the victims. But my heart mourned for this little boy. Because he's 15 and that type of rage and that type of anger. You do not ever want to think that that would be in a child. And it just made it more apparent that the devil is busy. And I know a lot of people do not agree with this. And I I, I talked to my husband and my family and some people like, I don't feel sorry. I do. I feel sorry because these parents have lost two kids essentially I do not know I am so sorry guys but essentially they lost two kids they lost their oldest son by the hands of their child and then they lost their son not not death and I pray he makes it out but they lost him because of the acts that he's done the damage that he made to himself and the damage that he's made to others. And I pray that God gives him revelation in this mist that he's in, that when he comes out that he realizes what he's done. Some people don't have that. Um, but I, I see the devil working and it's just like he's lost to that and he allowed that to, to get consume him. And I feel so bad for his parents at this time because, yes, the guns and the knives should not have been where he could have accessed them. And I'm not excusing that. Um, but essentially, they lost a lot in this situation. And... I will forever be praying for them because I do not know um, how they're making it through. And I pray that if they're in a church family, that the church family does not neglect them, that they love on these parents because it is so sad. It is so sad. And we just never know what type of frame mind a person in. And a person could be in a frame mind that we think should be okay, Um don't get me wrong. I feel like I was bullied when I was in school. I feel like I was bullied, not just like from schoolmates, but I feel like I was bullied um, from like family members and things of that sort. Um, not my close family, but they're, you know, like extended families and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is we can say, oh, we were bullied and we never had that situation. But guys, in your most weakest moment, that's when the devil tries to play. That is a plan, a playing, a playground for him. It's, it's, it's just a playground in that mental. And that's why it's important that we speak life and positivity in us when we're in our weakest moment. And that weakest moment and that moment where you just feel like you are about, you need to call on Jesus and thank him. Thank him for what he is doing and thank you for his protection. You thank it in advance. You thank it in advance. But what I'm saying here is that people are already in that stage of anger and people are already in that stage of what's going on, like what happened to the parents and they need to be prosecuted. We want to see them. I don't know if I want to see them 
because I don't want no harm to come to them. I don't I don't think people initially want that. But what I do feel like is people want answers. And at this present moment, I feel like they need to get their mental together right now. Um, yes, I do think that they should come out. I do. But I feel like also um, people are mean um, at this time. And I just want people not to forget to love in the midst of it. Yes, what happened is horrible. And I I can't even express how I feel about these people who lost their lives. It was so pointless. It was so, uh, people are grieving. A, a family lost a mother. A, a man lost his wife. Um, two, two men lost their wives, you know. Um, a man lost his wife and the mother of his children. You can't get me um. A mother lost her child. A sister lost her sister. You know, it, 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 not only do is a man grieving the loss of, of a woman he loved, his dog, that he could have probably had to comfort him. A man that was supposed to get married lost his fiance just weeks before they were supposed to get married. It's a lot of loss. A mother losing her two sons is loss. And in that is the love that we are supposed to have. Now, I'm going to say that I thank my community for coming together and supporting and I don't know if anybody reached out to this boy's parents because I really do not know them and I, I know that there's ways that I can find out but I don't want to because I don't want to startle them in the midst of what's going on but I do want to pray for them and I do want to continuously do that but I don't want us to lose focus on the love I don't want us to lose focus on that the enemy is playing on these kids minds the enemy is causing a lot of these confusions and a lot of this this stuff and, and I can't always blame all of the enemy because the, the people should be able to come too. But at the same time, sometimes you snap like that and you just don't know. But it's when we call on the name of God that we get that, 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 that help because we're human. We, we, we are not created to have all this, but that's why we have to seek God. That is why we have to, to ask God for understanding. And it's not, I'm not saying that um, that is all like the devil because we allow the devil to do certain things. That's why we have to be in a spiritual connection with God. But when you call on the name of God, you can't tell me that he will not send his angels to come and he will not send something to help you and to guide you to get you out of the situation because God is and will always be our protector. And so I just don't want people to lose focus on that. I don't want people to lose focus on the fact that this young boy, 15 year old, shot these people, but we're supposed to still love him. We're supposed to still think about him. We're still supposed to pray for him. We're, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to do that for his family. We're supposed to do that. That is our job as Christians. That is our job as children of God. And that is the hardest thing I know is to say, how do you pray for somebody that has done something horrible to to you or made you feel unsafe but that's what you do that is what you do I remember um hearing a story years ago and this woman um that I work with uh her name is Sharon and I hope I I hope I get to see her again Sharon was so funny to me but I want to say how amazing her mother is 
because her father had put her in a situation, and I don't want to tell their business, but she he put her put her in a situation where she had to raise children that was not her children, and she raised those children like it was her children. And I said, oh, my God, what a woman, what a woman, what a woman. But how many women would do that? And how many women would still be faithful in the church, still take care of somebody else's children and take care of the person that she was with, the husband? And it's just like, oh, my God, these women are remarkable women. And that's how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to love. We're supposed to take care of. We're supposed to um, because it's not them. It's the actions of the others. And we're supposed to love them in the midst. And I, and I feel like we forget that. And so um, we learn that one of the things that Christ also wanted when he went, when he told, um, and I'm sorry, you guys, I had kind of got off, off subject because I, I just want to emphasize the love. Love is definitely important. And if we, we don't have love, we lose sight of who God is. And that's not what he wanted us to do. Christ also was so angry with the fact that they were doing, and and, and, and and mind you, they were doing the works of God. They were feeding the homeless. They were doing the good things. They, they were even disliking the Nicolaitans because the Nicolaitans were so evil that God even did not like them. But what he said is that you miss love. But what he threatens them with, because if you don't do what God wants you to do, he will take something away. That's one thing our father will do. He will chastise us, right? So what he says, look, if you won't do what I'm telling you to do, I will remove you from the candlestick. I will remove you from the place of the candlestick. Until you, until you repent, you will not, until you repent and do the work again, you will miss out. And so not only do you repent, you have to do the work. So that means you have to repent and then go back and do your first work again. Learn, redo what you were supposed to do from the beginning. And so how do you do that? How do you go back and you do something you were supposed to do before? You go back, you repent, but you repent from God. And then you, so you go move forward and you do what he tells you to do. If there was somebody you hurt, if you offended somebody, guess what you have to do? You have to apologize. You have to apologize for offending somebody. That's why God says when you, when you come up and you want to pray and you want to bring your offering, you got to make sure you don't have any off with your other people, right? That's what it is. You got to you got to connect. You got to. That's just the way it goes. So he tells the people, look, I don't want no parts of you. You don't got love in it. What, what good is that for me? I don't want that. So remember when I told you that Ephesus was one of those places that were like a dark place. They were really dark. Um, they pagan worship and all of that. So imagine when God says that I will remove you from the candlestick. What is a candle but light? And what does light does? It shines in the dark. You hear me? It shines. It brings clarity. So if Christ is removed and love is not there and, and all of those things, and he's saying he's going to remove it, what does that return the place to darkness, to, to, to sinfulness, to pagan worship? So he's saying, look, the light gives you, gives you flavor. It gives you favor. It gives you clarity. So when I take this away, you lose that. You lose your light. You lose your favor. You lose your grace. You lose your clarity. So why, why would anybody want to lose that, right? Um, and again, this is when I tell you guys that this is not the first time that, that um, 
the Ephesians church was taught to to, to love because they were even having a conversation. Uh, Paul had written to the Ephesians about marriage. And, and if anybody does not know this, marriage is supposed to be a symbol, a symbol of how Christ loved the church. That is how our marriage is supposed to be. The man is supposed to love his wife as Christ to love the church. And the woman is supposed to submit to our husband as the fellow, as the, as the church people are supposed to follow Christ. So we are supposed to do these things, right? So in this, he's telling them in um, Ephesians, his letters, a letter to Ephesians, he writes in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, 21, submitting yourselves one to another in fear of God. So he's saying you're supposed to submit to God, but you're supposed to love one another. That's, that's really what we're supposed to do. And so Luke, he also says, look, um, I say to you who hears, love your enemy, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. So you're supposed to love. You're supposed to love these people in spite of. And that's what is the importance here is that we are supposed to love one another. We are supposed to love each other, even in our enemies, we're supposed to love them. And I know it's going to be hard for some because some people have some some deep issues and uh, with people or, 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 you know, and it's going to be hard. But what I'm telling you is if you want to be in alignment with God, you have to love your enemies. You have to love them. You have to say, I love you. I don't like what you're doing. And I pray that God helps you and he guides you to where you need to be. But that mess don't need to be around me. You do not need to be around mess. God do not want mess around you. But you can love your enemies enough to say, look, I don't like what you're, what you're doing. I, I don't I don't agree with it, but I love you enough that I'll pray for you. I'll fast for you. You'll do all those things because you're supposed to be an example of Christ. And Christ did that. Christ did that. He definitely did. He sat he sat at the table with with a person who who betrayed him. You know what I mean? He 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 loved his enemies, people that wanted to prosecute him. He still he still he still was there with them. He he still protected them he still still preached to them and taught them um many of the people if you remember uh, many of the people that were the disciples of christ were fishermen's right um but then there were also people that people would have hated like a tax preparer um people that people would not talk to these people were who who seeked after you know after him, he healed a, a blind man who people wouldn't even talk to. He spoke to a Sumerian woman that the Jews were were trying to stay away from because the Sumerian people were mixing with Jews and different cultures, and and the Jewish people didn't want to lose their their covering or or um they wanted to stay away from things that might bring them trouble, and so. People didn't speak to the Sumerians, but Jesus did, and he and he and he definitely gave that Sumerian woman um, insight on how to have to never thirst anymore. So what I'm saying is, the the very people that people did not want to deal with, my God did, my Jesus Christ did, and that's what we're supposed to do. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this series. Um, and the next uh, church that we're going to go to is the Prosecuted Church, which is uh, the letter that he sends to Smyrna. I love you guys, and I hope you have a great day. Hey, sis, thank you so much for joining our podcast. I hope that you were able to enjoy this Bible study. 
let's face it, we are not perfect. But as long as we stay grounded in the word of God, it will help us to stay grounded and it will help us to make better decisions that we feel will be beneficial to our spiritual being. So I hope that this Bible study was something to give you just a little nugget to keep you going throughout the week. If you would like to join our Her Sister Circle, please go to our website, herrevelations.org and join our forum. And if you just have a prayer request or just kind of want to hear somebody or speak to someone, definitely go to contact us and we'll be more than happy to have one of our many ministers come and pray over you or just speak with some kind words into your spirit. Thank you so much for coming to Her Revelations. I pray for you sisters each and every day. We may not be together physically, but rest assured we are definitely there for you spiritually. Have a great day.